Welcome to Chili Pod, Chili Pod Podcast, and I am Chili. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to tell you a little story or two. Welcome back, guys. I'm going to tell you a little story today about one of the most interesting people I have ever known. And I've known some pretty interesting cats, I'll tell you that. This is about, uh, I'll just call him Jack Crow. Here it goes. Fire exploded from the barrel of the nickel-plated twenty-five caliber pistol. A deviously home-crafted slug followed the fire. The lead projectile split open exactly along crosscuts made by my pal Jack. The destruction of flesh, bone, and skin happened instantaneously. A cloud of gunpowder mixed with the fog of blood, bone, and skin fragments floated over this horrible scene. Got your attention now, guys? <laughs> Back up five years to 1971. I looked quite nice, I thought, in my first day of work at the title insurance company in Houston. It was July, but I wore an ensemble of petrochemical fabric and dye known as double knit. My duds consisted of a navy blue blazer over a white dress shirt with blue butterflies, a crimson paisley tie that spread eight inches at the bottom and almost hid my shirt. My slacks were black and white hound's tooth print, and I had on blue and red saddle oxfords peeking out from below my bell-bottom cuffs. I looked like so many of the other hipsters of the day, but I looked very different from the lawyers and accountants that occupied the offices of the title company. I enjoyed the entry-level position of copy shooter. I read filing information from a list, pulled microfilm, and photocopied requested documents for the lawyers to examine title. My first day on the job, I heard a man who sounded like an old movie star, Edward G. Robinson. This guy stood five feet five inches tall, white hair, shiny alligator loafers, silk sport coat and shirt, gabardine slacks, a Monte Cristo number one cigar, and a gold Rolex. The Rolex had a diamond bezel surrounding a lapis dial that read, Jack Crow instead of Rolex. What a guy. The watchman sported a thick nugget design with more diamonds. His demeanor was spoke authority and impatience. I asked a fellow shooter, who is that guy? He said, oh God, that's Jack Crow and he owns this place. And when he's around, you had better be quiet and real busy. I got the message. Crow grew up on a tenant farm in Arkansas during the Depression. His father expected him to help on the farm, but Crow hated farm work and found his love in schoolwork. He told me later he had to fistfight his father on occasion to get to go to school. He later lied about his age to enter the Army for duty in the Second World War. He escaped the farm to fight different battles. During the war, Jack fought on the European front, 17 years old and full of life and ideas and spunk. Jack ran poker games, 
through the ranks of the Allied armies. He sold the lads in uniform everything from cigarettes to silk hose. The money he earned paid for his tuition to law school after the war. Jack appreciated dedication with hard work, and boy, I delivered. I arrived at the title office before 6.30 in the morning, and I worked until at least 7 o'clock in the evening. That is six days a week of 12-hour days. I had not been on the job when I saw an opportunity to introduce myself to it. He said he had been watching me work, and aside from looking like an East Texas clap doctor, I looked acceptable, work included. Fast forward to 1973, Jack and I became buddies. I continued to work hard and enjoy promotions that came along rather quickly. I managed the department in which I had started my work. In 1973, it brought divorce into Jack's life. A beautiful townhouse near downtown became his bachelor pad. You could find him nightly at the penthouse club at the Warwick Hotel on Main Street, holding court and disco dancing with the goddesses was his newfound hobby. The club closed at 2 o'clock in the morning, and Jack was there most every evening to see last call. One morning, following a night of drinking and dancing, I greeted Jack at the front door of the office building, and I asked, how's it going, Mr. Crow? And he replied, well, come on up to my office, Drew. I have to tell you about last night's excitement. I eagerly followed him into the elevator and exited into his suite of offices on the fourth floor. Before he reached his desk, he started. I left the Warwick about uh, a little before three this morning and drove into my driveway. I opened the automatic gate and saw two men coming toward me from the house. I knew this was going to be trouble. So I reached into my glove box and I got out my little pistol. He continued. I opened my car door and stepped out. The two were less than 15 feet from my car. May I help you two sports? One man replied, we're going to rob you, old man. Jack replied, I have this little pistol between me and you, and you had better know I know how to use it and I will use it. The crook said, you don't have the guts to use that thing, old man. That was said just before the gun discharged. As described, the pistol was fired. The bullet hit the target of one of the burglar's ankles. The shot blew his foot a few feet away from his leg. He went down on the pavement, screaming in pain as blood gushed from the amputation. I hope you guys aren't eating dinner while listening to this. But anyway, I want you two criminals to know this is your lucky night. I've been to a wonderful party at the Warwick, and I'm tired. Too tired to kill both of you, and too tired to stay up the rest of the night talking to the damn police. I suggest you pick your friend up, go over there and get his foot, drag him away from my property. Jack continued, Oh! And please tell all your hoodlum pals that there is a crazy old man who lives up here, and he will cheerfully shoot to kill any son of a bitch who tries to steal anything. Now, 
Good night. Peace, chill out, and watch those intersections. <laughs>